Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello guys, uh, so this is the last ball drops, although technically the last ball still hasn't dropped. We still have two matches going on right now, Petra Mardic and Alia Tomljanovic into the third set, Rebecca Marino um, and Jessica Pegula into the second set, but uh, that's why we're going to talk about the men's side first with Mario and then uh, go to the women's. Hello Mario, uh, how has been the you know, the first few days of the Australian Open? How have been, how have that been, uh, how has that been treating you? Let's say that. Um, yeah, we had the, the Sunday start for for the first time, so we we got this uh, this first round matches split over over three days. Um, yeah, I don't know. I personally, I'm okay with that, just because you know more more tennis going on. Talking about you know not the number of mat- of the matches, but simply how they are. Uh, split towards you know Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So for me, for me, it's okay. Uh, even if uh, psychologically it seems like so long, <laughs> like uh, if I think about Sinner's first round, it seems like uh, a, lo- a lot of have passed, of course, because it was um, basically Sunday when for me it was 2 a.m. the the, the start of this match. Now we we are. Um, Alcaraz just just won in in Tuesday, but it's okay. It's Grand Slam tennis. We know that it it works like that. And um, to be honest, a lot of th- things have happened. Most of the matches have been quite interesting in the men's side. Only two of the top seeds, uh, talking about the top eight seeds, have won their their debut match in straight sets. Um, still, you know, having. A, at least one interesting set in terms of uh, how uh, the score was in all these matches. Um, so I feel like there's there's been quite a, a competitive first round uh, three days, uh, even for the toughest, uh, you know, for the very top seeds. And it's been, of course, nice to watch because the entertainment is, of course, higher when when the score is is quite closer. Yeah, you mentioned Carlos Alcaraz, so maybe let's start there. That was the match that just finished that made us uh, start this show. Uh, he lost. The, I mean, he, he he was like pretty close to losing the opening set. He uh, won it in a tiebreak eventually. Was that like a bit of a scare? Like, do you think if Richard Gasquet won the opening set, would you have would you have thought that oh maybe something will be happening? Or you know, did you just always know that it was Richard Gasquet, thirty seven years of age by now, and that he's kind of done? 
yeah, I mean, even if he, Carlos uh, had lost that, that first set, I, I still think that he would have had no particular issue in in closing it out then later. Um, so, yeah, but still was was nice to watch that a competitive first set. Gasquet um, has been able to bring a, a good level for, for, for this match. And after the first set, of course, Alcaraz then, uh, for me, unsurprisingly, comfortably won the, the, the next two. Um, so, yeah, I was not really thinking that, you know, we could have had the potential um close five setter um but still it was it was an entertaining set and um you know even the set point gasquet did that serve and volley which which didn't work but still was let's say a, a manifesto in the sense that uh, he did what he, he should have done because uh, he should have uh, done uh, they're um, playing aggressive tennis uh, for that first set, trying to uh, to put Alcaraz in a comfortable situation. Um, and so I would say that, uh, you know, for a player like Gasquet, considering the in which part of his career he, he is, it's still been quite an, a, a good match, in, in my opinion, overall. I don't think he was expecting much, much different than how it's been. And having had, uh, you know, a close first set, it's uh, it's a nice thing to what probably he, it is his last match on on the Rod Laver Arena for sure. And who knows if maybe even at the Australian Open. Over, you know. Yeah, I think a couple of days ago, uh, Gasquet said that like if he's not in the top 100 by year end, he's probably gonna give it up, which I don't think he will be. Uh, but still, mm-hmm. like that, that that probably sort of suggests a Bercy finish rather than Round Garros, rather than the Olympics. Well, I don't know if he would make the Olympics, probably not. But rather than Round Garros, probably that suggests a Bercy finish, which would be fine. Of course, Gilles Simon, for example, had a pretty solid round there in his last event. I think Julien Benetton as well. So, uh, so uh, that's a bit of a trend. Of course, it's the tournament at the end of the year, so so it's a good good opportunity for the Frenchman to hang up the racket. And yeah, uh, that was a nice point that she brought up about like Gasquet pressing the issue against Alcaraz, something that he was never really able to do in the Nadal matchup where he lost 100,000, 50,000 times and whatever. Uh, I don't remember. It's like 18 or 17. Uh, 18, but, 18. Uh, I yeah, think. 18, or... 18, I think. Or... Yeah, th- there was a match recently which changed it from either 16 to 17 or 17 to 18. But of course, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, and um, basically, what I'm trying to say is that uh, here he actually was able to step up a little bit. And yeah, it was a very fine set for what he can do right now. It's a shame we never got this match in like full, you know, when the players were both at their peaks. Mm. Of course, they also played the Umag uh, final, I think. Yeah, right? Yeah. 6 to 6 to The for first Alcaraz. title. First title for Carlos on the ATP Tour, yeah. So, um, so definitely, we never really got that matchup like, in, in full flight. Uh, but it could have been one of the most watchable on the circuit, for sure, with both players like really bringing the entertainment value to the forefront. Um, you mentioned the top seeds as well, who were like struggling a little bit, at least. So let's sort of talk about two of them combined here. Mm-hmm. Holger Rune and Alexander Zverev, because I feel like their matches were fairly similar. Zverev lost the first set, whereas Rune won it. But, you know, that's like a minor difference. And then it kind of feels like both these matches were just decided by the third set tiebreakers. But if the guys lose it, then they... I mean, if the guys lose yeah. these third sets, and especially Zverev, who I think uh, had to defend some set points, yes, that could have been like a real issue. And then they could have been, you know, even out in the opening round. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of times we have seen these close matches with, you know, uh, one set all and then maybe a third set that goes to a tiebreak. Uh, and suddenly that tiebreak is, of course, in- incredibly important because, uh, you know, can-, can define a lot also psychologically, can, um, let's say, I don't know if it's the same in English, but in Italian we say like, cut the legs of the player who who loses the okay. tie record <laughs> talking it's meaning like you know uh, that if you yeah. lose especially if you are the underdog of that match if you lose that tie break and then you go to sets to one down you may you may suffer a little bit this this circumstance in the, indeed uh, both Kupfer and Nishioka then suffered an early break in that first set uh, which basically then decided the um the final result um 
but yeah it's been overall it's still been uh, one of the most solid round one for the seats in general because we only lost two on the men's side mm. and i think that it's uh, it's pretty low um, because especially Definitely, the lower yeah. seats especially the lower seats i mean if you know number 30 seats place number 14 in the world usually there's not that much of a difference so who, so who are the seats we lost bublik and... uh, Bublik and, and Jarry against Kobolik. Ah, Jarry, yeah, yeah, Jarry, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, but talking about uh, Rune and, and Zverev, I feel that... Yeah, I mean, Rune maybe played a little bit better than, than Zverev. Probably that match has been a little bit higher in terms of the quality, uh, the Rune Nishioka. Uh, yeah. Zverev, I feel like, has been a, a lot shaky. Uh, today, even if he's been clutch with the serve when uh, when he's been in trouble in the uh, set point down in the third set uh, in that tenth game, uh, but yeah, I think that that's been that's been a difference. Mm, Nishioka um, actually played played quite a good match. Uh, Rune still had to, to fight, but did it, in my opinion, at a, a little bit better quality than, than Zverev did. Um, overall, I think that it's more or less the same discourse, for example, for, for Medvedev, um, even if that match has ended in a, in a retirement. Uh, yeah, still... You know, maybe you getting used to this, to these conditions. Of course, tricky opponents because um, the opponents can be can be tricky in in some in some days. Um, none of them has impressed me. Let's say like this. So mm -hmm. it's not yeah. that I have that much to to say uh, because yeah, they played a fun a fine match. Mm, they won in the end. That's all all that matters. But I don't feel like they, they have impressed me, you know, none of them. I watch them and I see, hmm, um, I think they're going to, to win the tournament. Of course, they are contenders, but uh, still, let's see how they, their next matches are going to look like because um, they've been a bit shaking, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I get that. Uh, definitely, like, it's just more important for them to get through. I would say Medvedev still had the easiest of the three, not only because of the retirement, but, like, even when he lost the first set. And he was 5-4 up, he was serving, and he yeah. just commits, like, you know, 15 unforced errors in a row. And you still felt like it's on his racket. Like, Atmana did nothing to really get, get these three breaks. Whereas Zverev and, and Rune, certainly, they had more tricky opposition. Yeah. All lefties, Atmana as well. But Kepfer Nishioka definitely more of the like controlish play style, really keeping the opponent uncomfortable. So, so yeah, I think these these tie breaks they really could have meant a lot. Perhaps we would have had one of them or even two of them out if they lost it. But after all, it's it's what they do. It's you know the champions pull it through. Um, yeah. Rune probably with the toughest second round opponent now as well with Kazo. It's very against Klein. Um, and I guess with Zverev especially, we just sort of expect these early struggles, right? Like whether, even when even when he's yeah. playing well, even when he's in form, he plays three and a half hours yeah, in right. every slam match. So, and by the way, just a point of comparison, uh, we're not going to get to the women's side for a, for a mo for a while now, but um, there are ten seeds that went out, and provided that Jessica yeah. Pegula beats Rebecca Marino, it will be ten. It could be still eleven, but she is serving for the match. So, so ten ten seeds on the women's side out, two on the men's. Of course, some of that is the best of three format, best of five format difference, but um, yeah, it, it still kind of speaks to yeah the seeds being very consistent here. But some of the seeds were in trouble, and maybe let's keep yeah. talking about that. Uh, Jane wanted to mention Talon Griegspor, so maybe let's get there. Roman Safiulin just completely outplays Talon Rigsport for two sets and a half. Yeah. And four or five down in the third. The first issues come. Recently, Safiulin has been like so good at eliminating these wobbly forehand performances. And I also don't think it was quite that. Uh, but yeah, Rigsport are just with some amazing fighting effort, right? To, to get it down in five. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm well aware of, of Rigsport's qualities. Maybe just given the you know the the warm up events of this Australian Open Safiulin was starting the match as as a favorite maybe considering yeah. uh, the way they were playing you know just this this couple of weeks also ending the last year very strong Safiulin with uh, some very good wins and yeah the first two sets uh, and even a bit more um, were like okay uh, Safiulin is 
um, you know, keep going on his his good form in. Um, you know, even having having the bracket, considering yeah, they they he just uh, lost against Rune in in Adelaide. No, Brisbane was in Brisbane, Brisbane. Uh, but mm-hmm. they could have met in uh, I think round three could have been a tough matchup, uh, even if even Greeksburg can be. But I was expecting at that point, of course, a feeling to to go through, and Greeksburg, mm, uh, you know, showed uh, why he is where he is. Um, he, I, I find his game interesting to watch. He was also struggling a bit with the with the heat, like as many player uh, today um, we saw. Um, but yeah, uh, great fighting spirit, great tennis. I'm not really surprised in the end that he won. Uh, if we not, if we don't consider how the match went, uh, and we just you know talk as the match is about to begin in a few minutes. Um, he, yeah, now I'm for sure interested in watching how how he's going to do. Um, that's quite, uh, you know, um, a crowded section of the draw because there are a lot of interested players. Um, but at this point, I, I would be interesting also to, to watch uh, Grigsburg having a test uh, against a top player, uh, for example, in the third round, because he's been quite there in terms of the ranking, a, a second, third round majors uh, and 1,000 events for quite quite a few months, uh, let's say a year. Uh, yeah, so yeah. now I'm I, I'm interested to in watching him playing, you know, one of the of the top guys to to see even on the very very biggest stage what he what he will bring. But of course, there's still one match to play. Both have, um, you know, him and and Rune have their matches to to win first the second round, and it's not against the young French Arthur's against the young French Arthur's. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have, of course, uh, it's definitely an interesting section because there's there's even fields which. Um, you know he's coming, uh, he's coming quite at the top lately. Even if he had um, that loss in Oakland, he's playing, he's playing well. Uh, so yeah, I will be definitely looking forward to see how that section will, uh, who we're going to to reach the the second week because only one of them will be able to do it, and it's going to be very very interesting. Yeah, like the form difference going into that one, Safiuri and Higgsport, it seemed pretty massive. Safiuri just firing for the past three months and Higgsport plays a pretty awful set of tennis mm-hmm. at the United Cup. I, I know it was tough opponents, Ruth, Chorich, and even if he loses here in straights, I mean, it's three losses in straights, but still it's against very good opposition. But yeah, eventually he pulls it through. I think Fuse is going to be pretty happy about it. Uh, yeah. know, he, he clearly has some issues on faster courts when people are able to rush him. Safiulin was going to able to like was, was just going to do that all day, w- whether it works or not. You know whether he's landing his shots or not. He was just going to rush him all day. Kriegsport probably not as much. So it, it does look pretty exciting. It does look pretty close on paper. And yeah, if I was to name like four best unseeded players in the draw, it would be literally Fils and Safiulin would be two of them, probably mm. along with Draper and Arnaldi. So I, I I think that it's it's pretty clear that when they land in yeah. the same section, and in fact it's Talon Griegsport who basically drew the short throw because he have to he has to be two of them and then play Rune potentially even in the third yeah, round. Exactly. Even if it's Kazo, it's not that simple. So um, yeah, definitely a very tough draw for him, but he managed to make the most out of it really, but with this insane comeback, which you never really would have guessed after the first two sets because it was it was really going towards like beat down direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I wanted to to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. talking about Rune, we often wondered about his uh, endurance in Grand Slams, playing a lot of long matches and then backing up, uh, playing well in, in the next one. So we often said, like, maybe he needs to, um, to risk uh, less during the first week to arrive fresher uh, in the latter round. And he got, uh, you know, a, a tough, a tough draw. Uh, talking about that, the first week is going already to be um, a very, a very good test for him. Um, do you think that this makes a little bit of difference when you think about the title favorites here at the Australian Open? Yeah, 
Uh, I do think this decreases Rune's chances. Yeah, if he if he has to play three hours against Nishioka, likely three hours against Kazo, likely three hours against Griekspor or Fis, yeah, uh, that makes him certainly less dangerous in the in the later rounds. I would love to believe that Holger is just you know done with the fitness issues, but of course, still in Paris or at the ATP Finals in the third set against Novak, he was struggling. That was after a period of like injury, being a little hampered. So. It's possible that we'll get better after the offseason as well, where he probably worked on it quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the draw is pretty rough for him. And especially as a player, yeah, where we're looking at it, where this is a factor, yes, that decreases his chances. I believe I still went uh, with him like to the semis in my bracket or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I know it's a little risky just because every single round is tough. And in fact, a similar player who I guess has no fitness issues whatsoever these days, but still, like if he has to win three extremely comp- competitive matches in mm-hmm. the first three rounds, then how does he beat Daniel Medvedev is going to be the question. So I am talking about Grigor Dimitrov, who mm-hmm. was also yep. involved in a pretty tough encounter. I guess you could also throw him into that Kep, um, Zverev and Rune category, where the third set feels extremely crucial. Although I do think the match was a little different in that after the first set, Dimitrov had a bit of an edge. Uh, but yeah, to me, that that's just a match that Dimitrov really won on his physicality. And I'm not saying that Fuchovic is generally speaking like one of the players who will build down when it's like he when it's hot when it's humid. In fact, I believe they played a few years ago at the U.S. Open, which was completely the other way around, where it was literally yeah. just Fuchovic outlasting Dimitrov, and that was really the story of the match. But this time, Grigor makes it through. Uh, very, uh, but but still, like that was a, a real test in the opening round, and and Fuchovic has sort of uh, over the years uh, gotten us used to troubling the top seeds. Yeah, we have a lot uh, talked a lot about Dimitrov playing uh, some very good tennis lately, and you know having taken a step up comparing to the last, let's say, you know, couple of seasons, two three seasons after that 2017-18, and yeah, that's not only because of his game in terms of the quality, but also because physically uh, he showed today that he's very well prepared and uh, he he is of course looking uh, very very dangerous and uh, let's say that we are in that same quarter uh, we were talking before uh, so it's uh, you know very very tough for everyone because um, you know some of let's say top eight contenders um, considering maybe Dimitrov one of them talking about also his form lately all have landed there because we have a potential uh, should be round four yeah uh, between himself and and Dimitrov if he keeps going uh, and Medvedev yeah um, so yeah more or less I'm I'm quite confident right now about Dimitrov being able to uh, find a way in these close patches because also how uh, you know the state he is in mentally right now uh, so even if he is engaged in uh, in a big fight the opponent is playing well he has um, to overcome some troubles he is right now uh, in a very good state both physically and mentally to to stay there and what maybe he also uh, this was also one of his issues, um, more or less, throughout his, let's say, less good periods of, of his career. Sometimes uh, could have been uh, maybe too passive uh, and suffering a little bit the aggression from the opponent when he was not feeling very well uh, during during the match. And right now he's... Uh, you know, answering the question that the opponents gives him um, with more aggression, with more conviction, and this is making making a good difference. Um, so right now, I'm quite confident about him, even if he has to uh, to play tough battles. Yeah, uh, more conviction. Yeah, but also at the same time, I feel like he has a nice balance right now. Like whenever yeah, sure. he actually has a match where. Like he can rely on the slices, on the athleticism a little bit more. He's also doing it, of course, against Fuchovic. It was a bit of a slice fiesta, perhaps not as much as per Selvakus, but still one of the most slice slice heavy matches you're gonna get in the opening round. But uh, yeah, um, I I do agree with that. However, uh, like it's a similar case with Runa. 
when I see that Dimitrov is going to play Fuchovic, Kokinakis, and then probably Davidovich, Fokina, yeah, that's for sure. that slightly impacts his chances to go much deeper yeah, sure, or even sure. to, to beat Medvedev in the forefront. It, it actually made me pick Medvedev over him, whereas otherwise I think I would have gone Dimitrov to the quarters if he had just, uh, just a more manageable draw. Then again, we'll see if Kokinakis is even a factor. I mean, he, uh, he was in pretty poor form recently. We'll see if that one win can uh, revive him on one of the stages that he really loves. I think one of the other big stories on the men's side was Jack Draper as well. Uh, it's always a concern when someone goes deep the, the week before uh, the slam. Usually they don't do that well. Well, last year, I guess we had like Bautista Good still making the second week. On the women's side, we constantly see the winners from the previous week or like the finalists going deep at the slam as well. But of course, that's the best of free format as well. But on the men's side, yeah, usually it doesn't end well. And well, as we had Alejandro Tabilo losing to Kovacevic in five, yeah, sure. Charo Daniel losing to Chris Eubanks in three. We had Izhila Hechka beating Zapata Mirage, but that was a pretty easy draw. And Jack Draper also today was like a big mess until the fourth set, really. Later on as well, I mean, I, I'm not really sure how he dominated the last two sets that much, but he did vomit on the court. He vomited, in fact, right after winning the match as well, which yeah. uh, led to some interesting quotes from the uh, from the press conference as well about like just having to go to the bin instantly um it was a mess i mean how, what do you think about uh what do we think about jack's tournament now and of course he's playing tommy paul again whom he had just defeated yeah. six one six four in adelaide but i would assume that we are expecting a closer match right now given yeah, yeah. all the things that have happened since um <laughs> yes let's say that uh giron is that kind of opponent uh, that usually I'm always, when I have to analyze before the match what I am expecting, I, I am usually not sure, let's say like that, because Giron is that kind of player that um, you still have to bring that um, that level to, to overcome him, uh, even if maybe he doesn't have that uh, the highest possible peak. Um, and definitely Draper was was suffering a little bit, uh, and then also going on, uh, giving the conditions and also the heat. Um, yeah, at some point I was not expecting him winning six love six two, giving you know the state uh, also physically uh, how how much he was suffering. Um, but yeah, he. He took his tennis to to a higher level for sure, and that also I think that also Giron maybe was was suffering uh, from from the heat probably even if it was not that um, that clear as as Draper in the physical signs. Um, and now, yeah, I mean Tommy Paul had uh, for sure a, a more comfortable first round, and even in in my prediction before the match. Uh, so I don't think that this is going to tell me a lot about what's going to happen in round two. But still, I think that we we should expect closer one. Um, first of all, best of five when we have two players who are quite similar in terms of the level. Uh, usually you see closer matches than than the best of three format because even if we imagine the the adelaide match six one six four and then still draper has one set to win to close the match and so maybe the third set uh, brings some new different things um so i am expecting a closer one even because um, paul seems uh finding himself very well in this in this melbourne course he was semi-finalist last year um so yeah i'm expecting a, a high level from uh, from the american in in the upcoming match yeah it's it's all about the recovery for jack as well now um i definitely am not expecting him to be as comfortable in the pole matchup i think he played like one of his best matches so far really and against paul and adelaide of course that was also the second year in a row he beat paul and adelaide paul then of course as you said made the semis at the Australian open but they didn't get to play each other there uh, Jack, of course, playing uh, Rafa Nadal in the first round last year. Now they're they're facing each other. Um, it's it's definitely going to be a much more gritty contest, and uh, mostly it's a question of endurance as well for for Draper if he can really keep going. Paul, obviously, one of the most like athletically gifted players as well. So um, my expectations for Draper aren't high. I'm going to be quite surprised, in fact, if he wins. I guess unless it's like a pretty fast-paced match and yeah, like a pretty short four-setter or something like this, but. 
Paul has a great chance of extending that. And of course, by beating Barrer so comfortably, he only upped his chances, really. Uh, is there anything else on the men's side today that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, no, I think that... Um, yeah, no, I think that about today, we, we mentioned pretty much, uh, you know, all... Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, Italians, Italians have completed the round to line up. Nobody has lost. Ooh, <laughs> it's how many? Uh, how many do you guys have then? No, it's six Pieri, players. Arnaldi, but Coborni, still, you know, uh, um, uh, Sonego beat Evans. Sonego, yeah. Uh, it was one more. It was a good, a good one. About. Considering, um, no, it's Musetti the the last Coborni, one. Uh. Comboli. I don't know who who you mentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe maybe but I mentioned Comboli twice by now. Never mind. Maybe yeah, yeah, I mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. twice by now. But yeah, Musetti, I didn't. Yeah, Musetti. Yeah, I but I don't think that um, you know I would mention because I, I was you know reading some stuff from from the Italian yeah. press before. But um, yeah, that's it basically. Yeah, and also, of course, Matteo Berrettini was supposed to play and yeah, likely sure. would have destroyed that perfect record. But thank you, Matteo, for withdrawing and allowing <laughs> this to happen. Uh, there's still a chance for six yeah, Italians it's definitely, in the first round, I it's guess. It's definitely right? been a weird situation because he, he flew to Australia and uh, and then he he wasn't ready to, to play the round one match. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. I am... Um, I'm not really able to to comment. He on gets that. like half the money, right? So so um, yeah, yeah. His, his travel fee yeah. is gonna be his travel fee is gonna be covered for. Uh, by the way, let, let, yeah, that's a random question. You just brought it up, but like, <laughs> how many Italians are making the third round, Mario? What's your guess? Uh oh, uh, let me let me think about uh who are they playing? I think that Sinner's going to win. Uh, yeah. Zepieri plays. Um, okay, uh, like I'm just saying. Right? I'm just saying that four Nori, of them. Yeah, four. No, of three them, of okay. them. Three, three of them. Three? No, no, I'm not that optimistic. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. Sonego Alcaraz is a bit of a is a like yeah, almost a guaranteed loss. Although Sinner over De Jong is probably more of a guaranteed win than Sonego over Alcaraz is is a guaranteed loss. Nori Zapieri, I think there is a chance there. You know, Nori has yeah, been yeah. convincing. Zapieri loves these courts, clearly. I mean, he's just so dangerous with that serve and left Yeah, there is a chance. Them. But that's why I'm picking three, because then we have, you know, Arnaldi de Minor, Koboli Kotov, yeah. uh, Musetti plays Vanash. I don't know how that, that one going to play out, honestly. Yeah. Mm, probably will win, but mm, I don't know. It's not that clear, considering how Musetti is playing right now. Um, so yeah. I think that... Three, three more... is a fair call, I think. I'm Four not would have expecting... been optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, yes. Arnaldi de Minor, I, I really like his chances to like take a set and make it close. I don't know if I like his chances to win. And Koboli Kotov, mm, it's pretty yeah, close. Yeah, but because in the in the in the de Minor Arnaldi matchup, I think that the the great physicality, you know, athleticism that that Arnaldi brings to the match is. Uh, it's not that much of an advantage anymore when you play. No, the they are the but, same. Yeah, they, they are the yeah, same. Like they're, uh, they're two of the so best. I, movers I'm not in, really, before, you yeah. know, I I don't I don't think he's going to, you know, I'm not expecting him to win right now. But then okay. maybe I I will be wrong. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, let's let's talk about the women's then. I think Petra Martic, yeah, no, Alia Terminovic has just finished the match and Jessica Pegula as well since we started talking. So basically we are done with oh, it. She won. As usual, there's a little less like maybe storylines to talk about. Maybe again, it's like just the best of three, best of five thing, but definitely yeah, a exactly. couple of high quality, like high profile yeah, matches. Yeah, because for example, first. that mm-hmm. were, that that was also on the men's side just to end that you know mm-hmm. fifth set tiebreak between Ofter and and Kokinakis yeah. uh, let's say that the best of five usually brings more storylines because um, even if you don't have anything in particular then maybe the match uh, plays out you know very close and then you suddenly have 
a good story, yeah. Um, Indeed. Well, I, so I, I, I think would we just should... say mm-hmm. that uh, maybe the first thing is that it's been pretty much um, the quite the same match, uh, Rybakina and Zviontek, the okay. two highest seeds. Even if Rybakina got a little uh, bit lucky in the first set, honestly, mm-hmm. Zviontek won the first set in the tiebreak, let's say, um, you know, in a normal way. Rybakina was a little bit lucky because that first set point, saving it with that um, that back and recovering from the net court. And then a forehand winner that was in for like a couple of millimeters uh, but still in terms of the scoreline it's uh, pretty much the same thing i've been happy that kenin has been able to play at a good level um, because uh, of course she she's a good player when she wants to and showed that the return game is is really important even if maybe for an average watcher uh, you know the serve game is more uh, spectacular, maybe uh, at times, but Kenning was returning really well, and that helped her to uh, to make it a fight um, against against Viontek. Um, but I, I'm also interesting to know your um, your opinion about that uh, that performance. I I watched the entire Rybakina match, not the entire Viontek one. Uh, it's the Rybakina's... other way around for me. It's the other way yeah, around okay. for me. <laughs> and Rybakina's performance uh, yeah, didn't didn't convince me at all. Uh, you know, it may seem that seven six is four against Pliskova. It's not a bad score because Pliskova can can be at times. You know, can bring good a good level at times. But no, uh, Rybakina didn't convince me at all uh, today. Honestly, uh, it's really been a bad match in my opinion. <laughs> Sorry if I'm if if I'm too harsh. <laughs> Maybe a little, but uh, yeah, I get that. Like, definitely it wasn't a vote of confidence. And also, like, she will be just be hoping that, she would just be hoping that this was the first round. I got through it. And now, you know, the tournament starts over again, basically, yeah. for me. Like, this is the moment when I just managed to make it through the first round. And now I'm going to play much better from now on. It's very possible, of course. She is one of the main t- title favorites for now, for now. I mean, ev- nothing has changed in this regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I think sure. after after the opening draw, uh, the open the opening round, she also has a much easier draw going forward into the next yeah. rounds. So yeah, I think it's perfectly fine for her to, for her to have a showing like this. But yeah, there, there's a lot you can sort of pinpoint in Rebakina's performance. Shviontek, not really. Uh, as you said, the return game from Kenin was uh, from Kenin was very good. But that was kind of it. However, I don't think it had to be like this. Like we can we can easily just say that okay, so Kenyon was uh, returning well, sometimes serving well as well. So like in the shorter rallies, they were very close. I think in the first set, Kenyon was winning most of the zero four shot rally points. Of course, later on, as he got become became more dominant, uh, that lead evaporated. However, it. Yeah, like basically when the early advantage of the return was gone, yeah. the, the point was over. I mean, the match was over, really. And uh, that was also due to how well Iga was playing off the ground. I mean, she she just had some really ridiculous controlled aggression. And uh, I think if she didn't have that baseline rhythm, easily would have lost the first set. And then who knows? Because it's not like Kenyon was like defending poorly, wasn't fast around the court. It's just that when that first advantage, that first moment in the rally where Kenyon is on top, because of her quality return, because of sometimes her quality serve, if that evaporates, it was done. But that's not because uh, you know she was doing anything wrong. It's simply because Iga was too controlled with her, with her shots, and uh, yeah, simply in good rhythm from the get go. So I, I can't really critic Iga for anything here. There is a question of like how many players will be able to do it, how many players will be able to return like yeah. Kenyon, and then potentially even be better off the ground in, in neutral trades. Um, of course, probably not many. <laughs> I would assume that it's like Rimakina, Sabalenka and, and the likes, basically. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was worrisome just because Kenin, we know it can be a very tough draw. I was like going back and forth in my head before the start of the event because, of course, Kenin had some amazing matches against um, high-ranked players last year. Like, for example, beating Sabalenka at, in Rome, beating yeah. Koko Goff at Wimbledon. But then yeah, by yeah. the end of the year... You know, she lost to Sabalenka 6-1-6-2. She lost to Vondroushova 6-1-6-1, I believe. Sure. Her start of the year was pretty horrific. So I wasn't expecting her to play like this. But then at the same time, I was thinking, like, you know, if, if she delivers, like, on the big stage, if she has a match that she's yes, going to be you know, really pumped up for. Like that. Exactly. 
So I guess that was really it. Like I wouldn't expect Canyon to, you know, tomorrow win a WTA Tour title, but she got pumped up for this match. She got extra motivated. She played very well. I mean, she has nothing really to regret. I think about this performance. There were a few net courts as well, and and the at the tail end of of the opening set that didn't go her way. Maybe if they did, uh, it would have been different. But um, neither, I think, was like a really important point. The first was maybe uh, 30 all. I don't remember the point, like a 5 all, but then the first point of the tiebreak as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, after the return advantage was gone, she was just kind of toast in the rallies. And that's more so a testament to how well Iga was playing. I believe in the, op- in the opening set, Iga won 25 sh- uh, rallies to 9 in the points that went over yeah. five over four shots. So this is pretty ridiculous, actually, because even if so, even if Kenyon gets that early advantage on return, you would still expect it to last sometimes until the fifth, sixth shot. I think in the second set it got a lot closer in this regard. It was like maybe four all or something like that. But you know, by that point, of course, Iga was much more dominant in the shorter rallies as well, and the the return aggression wasn't as efficient anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if you're if you're thinking of like Iga winning the title, you kind of have to question whether this doesn't happen against like Rybakina or Sabalenka, whether it's not the same story, but with the opponent actually maintaining that level of aggression also further down the line in the rally. But um, like for now, that's really all that she could have done. She, I think she delivered uh, in the most important moments for sure. She was yeah, early also, I mean, the first with set... her rhythm. When, when you start a major campaign, the first set, uh, you know, especially when you play um, a good level opponent, it's it's always a bit tricky. We saw all most of the top players, you know, uh, having uh, so, some scoreline trouble in the first set, even Ostapenko, uh, but even on the men's side, some of them have, have dropped the first set. It's, it's not that easy. And I think that for, for what I watch, I think that it's been overall a good performance from, from Sviontek. I mean, uh, it's not that we can pretend every match to, hmm. uh, to not lose a, sing, a single game. So I, I am pretty... Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I just watched the second set. So maybe when I I, I woke up and I saw uh, they are engaged in a tiebreak and can serve for, for the first set, maybe it was a little bit surprised in terms of the score. But overall, uh, you know, seeing the data and considering all things I've heard also, uh, I think that the performance was uh, was quite good. Yeah, I think we mentioned that like 10 seeds went out in the opening round mm-hmm. of the Australian Open. I think one of them only uh, today. No, actually two of them. Lin Zhu losing to Ocean Dodem, who yeah. apparently played a very good match from what I was reading, but I didn't watch it. And also Sorana Kirstea was 6 love yeah. for one on, on yeah. uh, Yafan Wang. So that, that was a bit of a shock. And not, not the scoreboard, like not the score, not the end result itself, but the fact that she was 6 love for one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that we've had, you know, incredible surprises. Maybe Bondrusova was, but but because, in my opinion, because of but the that's score, not today, the right? That's not, that's no, not no, no, today, it's right? not today. I mean, you, you can talk about it. Considering yeah. all the ten seats that that went out, okay. I mean, it's not that we have, you know, some shocking result. Mm-hmm. I'm mentioning Bondrusova, but mostly because she only won three games. In the match, but and she was know, the seventh but... seed as well, right? So, so yeah, like, she was the seventh she... seed, also so a higher, yeah. a higher seed, of course. You know, but even thinking about Yastremska beating Gondrusova is not that much of a shock yeah. in general. Um, so, um, you know, one can say, you know, ten women seeds are out, only two on the men's side. But in my opinion, still we haven't watched a very, very big shock. Even in you know in in the women's draw, I mean, for me, shock would be, yeah, even I don't know Pegula out. If not, you know, Rybakina, Savalenka, Sviontek, that is a shock. Yeah, uh, you know, um, even Sakari maybe, given that she was playing well, Ostapenko. Uh, these were the seeds that, in my opinion, uh, would have been surprising the most. Uh, seeing them out and all of them, all of them won. Uh, Raducanu. Uh, one against Rogers. Mm, let's say a, a kind draw, considering that Rogers was not playing since, uh, was not winning since a long time and playing also. Uh, so, what do you make out of this uh, straight sets win by Raducanu? I, I don't know, honestly. Mm. Uh, 
I think by what we saw in Brisbane or wherever she played, was it Brisbane? I always com- com- uh, confuse them. Auckland. Auckland, Auckland against uh, Svitolina, right? Yeah. And then Svitolina made the final. Yeah, so uh, what she, by what she played in Auckland, I think we could more or less establish that she's playing just pretty well right now, that she's healthy, that she's more or less pain-free. Of course, she was struggling physically against Svitolina, but that was just like the intensity of the match. So I was expecting her to beat Shelby, given that, yeah, Shelby was also coming back after six months. Um, maybe gets a bit of a lucky lucky uh, draw here, given that Kirsta went out. But then again, I also maybe had her as the favorite against Kirsta. I would love to see her against Kim Van Zhang in the third round. I feel like they actually have very similar sort of aggressive yeah. ball striking style. Technically, dynamically, they are very similar yeah. to me, which is why I enjoy watching both players a lot, because this is like literally the style of tennis that I like the most on the WTA side, I think. So um, I would absolutely love to watch that match. And uh, yeah, sort of to go back to what you said about the seeds, yeah, the, the ones that went out are basically the ones that we knew were fragile anyway. Many of them weren't even favorites in their matches, like uh, yeah, exactly. against Noskova or especially Vekic against Pavluchenkova, I guess. Some just started the year really poorly. Uh, like uh, Lynette wasn't the favorite, I guess, either. Or like um, there was um, Samsonova who has started like without winning a match, I think, so far or like just one win or something so so yeah definitely i agree with you that nothing crazy and it's not that different that we have two seeds going out yeah on the men's exactly side and 10 on the women's it actually didn't impact the uh the uh, sort of the stakes the the, the huge contenders the, the contender tiers for the title that yes, much exactly. and i have to say that i was uh it, like it's a little amusing to me that now we're mentioning Yelena Ostapenko in that group of like if they went out it would be a shock but i agree with that like she absolutely has been consistent enough over the past yeah. year or so to to make us include her in that group. And yes, I would have been shocked if she lost to Kimberly Birel. Maybe yeah, this same. is a, this, maybe this is a little optimistic because I think it was like two months ago that she lost, or two months ago, three months ago that she had that horrible loss. What was the name of that South Korean? Um... Oh yes, uh, um, uh, 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 pop, but no, I, I remember pop. the match you're yeah. talking about. Not park, yes. but it's it's something like that. Like it's four letters, but I can't remember exactly. But that was, of course, the match in in uh, so Seoul. Oh, back. back, yeah, back, yeah, in Seoul, which Ostapenko lost as like a massive yes. favorite, was basically just sliced to death by her opponent. So I guess that would be the exception of to the rule. But generally speaking, like over the past yeah year or so, she just isn't losing the matches that she used to before. She just losing lo- isn't losing to. You know, non-quality players. Let's call it like that. So, so yeah, I I, I agree. Putting her in that group is fine, uh, but I just remembered that she had that. Nurlan, if you want to, you can of course ask questions about Iga. We just covered her and the match against Kenyon, but of course, if yeah, there's sure, anything, sure, we, sure. we will reply to it for sure. Uh, especially as uh, you kind of have to rush it because we're probably getting closer and closer to the um, end of the show. Anything else on the women's side that you wanted to bring up? Well, let's say. Um... Um, an interesting clash between Georgi and, and Azarenka. Azarenka mm-hmm. been playing quite well in this, uh, you know, the the week she she had in in Brisbane, only losing to to Sabalenka. In my opinion, still an encouraging performance that day. Uh, Azarenka is, uh, you know, a player who can um, uh, face Ostapenko uh, quite early. Uh, we are in in the in the Sviontek I think quarterfinal, yeah. Uh, Azarenka beat Ostapenko this uh, in in 2024 already. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, talking about Tiga, there's been Collins. Uh, she she won her match against against Kerber in three sets. Uh, you know, does does Collins uh, had to add is quite you know it's, it's quite something because. Uh, we all remember that uh, Australian Open semi-final when Collins, you know, just out- outplayed Iga that day and went to and advanced to the final. But last year, when they faced, um, often it's been quite quite a bit down for for Collins. And so, what you are expecting expecting this time? <laughs> It's Same a match story. I've always struggled. Yeah, it's a match I've yeah. always struggled with because from time to time, Daniel will just come out and have that amazing performance where she's just blasting every backhand return. Uh, famous match in the Australian Open semis where Iga serves every single second serve to her backhand, which was just 
absolutely ridiculous. And like, I, I, well, I don't want to say that Viktorovsky should have been fired after that one. But uh, of course, just two months later, he proved that he shouldn't, or like even a month yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just didn't understand how that's possible. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I mean, I see that. Uh, I see that from time to time. Uh, that matchup also goes like six one six love. So I've been having a lot of issues trying to predict winners and uh, in that. Well, winners maybe usually you're gonna go for Iga, but whether it's going to be close or not. Uh, conditions also don't seem to impact it all that much. Like faster courts, suddenly somehow Iga wins, loses one game. Slower hard court, she also can yeah, lose yeah. just one game. Then you throw her in, in, at the Australian Open where, of course, Daniel had her best ever run. And of, yeah, that was a pretty crushing performance. So yeah, I, I don't really know what to think about it most of the time, but uh, Daniel has like 5% chance of like peaking enough to win and... Of course, usually we would expect Iga to to prevail, um, and uh, if if she doesn't, then it's likely going to be just Collins having an absolutely fantastic day at the office, and also using the conditions against Iga, which, uh, as we saw with Kenyon, it can happen. Uh, any thoughts about Ashlyn Ashlyn Kruger? Nurlan is asking about her. She did take a set of Kinvan Zheng today. She was up a set. I didn't see that much at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that's a pretty tough opener as well for Kinvan. Um... Yeah, indeed. I I haven't watched that match, but I watched Kruger uh, some sometimes over the the past year, and I think that uh, it's 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 not a super super kind first round because she uh, she's a teenager coming up. She has some some good tennis. I think she can she can grow also in the ranking. Talking about her ceiling, you know, I always. Uh, struggle to be that optimistic about the player, so I'm not going to tell you, you know, some some numbers, some exceptional numbers. But I think that she she can be a slam seeding um, in in a couple of in a couple of years. Mm, I think if she keeps growing, I I I don't know more uh, to to have more. It's it's difficult. You still have to prove. Um, to have something something more, but I think that for what I saw, I think that she she can be a slam seed. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, you know I know that that Kim Wen didn't serve really well today, um, but I mean I can also assume that from from the fact that she she's been in trouble. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, not not a super super easy uh, first round, considering that Kim Wen is is a seed. I mean, um, so I I don't think I have to to worry that much about Kim Wen just because she lost a set. Um, yeah, I mean Ashlyn Kruger. I, I think what you said about being a slam seed in the future. I think this is a very realistic seeding for her. I don't know, maybe even further. Who knows? She has a lot of easy power, but. Uh, for now, I think that would be like a very realistic goal for her to achieve in the next couple of years. Uh, why not? So um, absolutely. It, it's not the toughest draw for now in the world, but certainly one of the players who like potentially can trouble you on a good day in the opening round, regardless of your seeding and regardless of your status in the sport, really. And um, yeah, with that, I guess maybe for the last five, ten minutes... Uh, Mario, what are you excited for on day? With what which day that will be? Day four of the Australian Open, which uh, is of four. course, in case you guys are wondering, this is the bottom half on the women's side, and this is the top half on the men's side. So we're coming back to the usual two um, two days around format that most slams have uh, on all days, but now the now Ron Garros and the Australian Open sort of go uh, different in the first three days. Uh, I I'm struggling to give you an answer, honestly. But uh, let's is say it that because there's maybe, so much to watch out for, or is it because the, there's nothing? Uh, I don't know. I'm starting watching the the, the men's matches, and uh, maybe Tia, Tia Fomachak can can be a match I I'm interesting in. Uh, you know, I I wanted to say that Deminor Arnaldi, but usually I prefer them when they play against another kind of opponent. When we have kind of a contrasting game mm -hmm. style but, but don't I you think be... it will be a little contrasting don't you think arnaldi will just be blasting his forehand like he was against walton for example i i i see this matchup as like like yeah the, arnaldi yeah, being, a, be being very proactive perhaps yeah, yeah. even sometimes I, too much I'm, 
And that's why I'm excited for it. But if, if they play like you said, yes, then I agree it won't be a fantastic watch, no. Yeah, maybe, you know, a match that can be can play out in an interesting way if the cut of Kobali won. Uh, yeah. Talking uh, both about how I think their game gonna match up and also the score can be a close one probably. So maybe these couple of matches on the band side I'm mentioning you and yeah, tomorrow there's Shaber and Reva. Mm, I think that that's probably uh, the the headlight match of the women's side, con- considering that we have you know an established top player and. Uh, you know, a girl who's set to become an established top player, if not, she almost already is, even if she still hasn't reached that uh, that far in, in the majors, but still everyone is talking about her, of course. Um, yeah, maybe, you know, there's that Badosa-Pavlyuchenkova match that can, can, be, can be an interesting one, because um, Badosa seems uh, playing still at already at a very good level um, since her first round against Thousand. And even in it was Adelaide, she lost against Pera, but as a first match was quite uh, quite good. Um, so yeah, let's let's say like that. Um, yeah, maybe if Garcia is going to, to back up her Osaka and win against Osaka with another good performance and, and beating beating Freck. Uh, uh, with Garcia, it's not that clear lately, but she's doing better. She started the season quite well. I understand that uh, it's Garcia. She can lose to anyone. But just when I think about the power difference, honestly, the talent yeah. gap in this matchup, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. cannot You're imagine right. her losing to Frank in a way. I mean... Yeah, yeah, uh, that's all I'm gonna say. But on the on the women's, yeah, um, uh, Badosa Pavlyuchenkova is a great shout. I'm very excited for all the 16 year old matches. There, yeah, Korneva. exactly, because the Korneva and yeah. Admaya match. Uh, exactly. Hopefully, it's just like Jaber Andrieva. Hopefully, it's yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably like, we, we it's don't know it. Three I guess, hours but... and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it, can it, also be well a six-two-six-two six-two for both of them, and I wouldn't be that much that that surprised, you know. <laughs> Me neither. I think the gap between like Andreeva's winning chances against Jaber and Kornieva's winning chances against Haddad Maya isn't as huge as it might seem. I am we- I am like extremely pumped for these two for sure. Less so for Brenda Frukhirtova playing Sabalenka mm. just because I feel like she doesn't have anything to hit Arena with. Probably a slightly yeah. more natural matchup for her than when she played Coco in Auckland. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I, I mean Sabalenka hasn't really lost a match like this in a while where she plays an opponent who's just not ready yet, who's just not really, you know, doesn't have the weapon to threaten yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then she just loses it. I don't really buy it at the at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, I think it, that this, mm-hmm. for, for these youngsters to, to play, you know, uh, a, a woman like Sabalenka, that powerful shot from the baseline, that constant pressing, uh, I think that it's it's very, very difficult. And especially for a player like Brenda Fruvirtova, in my opinion, but... Mm, yeah. maybe I, I will be wrong but even Andreeva lost to Sabalenka so easily yeah. last year right and 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 Kornieva maybe would be the only one of the three where I would say eh, maybe there's a shot just because of playstyle differences I'm not necessarily yeah, exactly. saying that she's better than Andreeva right now Kornieva although uh, it's not as far off as the ranking suggests let's say that uh, but yeah, this is, of course, another big test for Kornieva. I'm so excited, especially after the way she dispatched Sara Saribas-Tormo, which was just out of this world, really, to uh, to have to play an opponent like this, who, generally speaking, is just a nightmare for every youngster and has so much variety in her angles, spins, and, and yeah, just power through it. And uh, on the men's side, I, I uh, was actually writing up a, a Twitter thread about my favorite matches from this day. I'm gonna post it like closer to the uh, you know, closer to when the play will be starting. But three of the six matches that you, that I mentioned, you already covered, so I'm not gonna mention them again. But I am also really excited to see if uh, Monfils Echeverry will deliver us that four-hour classic that we were mm. expecting from Mare Echeverry. I think it should because I don't really see it going any other way. And uh, perhaps the fitness of Echeverry will be the deciding factor. You know, he has a ridiculous record in like matches that go over four hours, or actually we can even drop it down to three hours and 50 minutes. He's never lost one in four attempts, two of them at the Grand Slam stages last year, although one of them was over two days against Zapata Miralesh, but also that Virtanen won at the US Open. 
and two of them at the challenger level, one against uh, Camilo Gocarabelli and the other against Renzo Olivo, I believe. So uh, I am kind of backing Echeverri to win if it goes like really deep, given you know he's much younger and basically as fit as Monfils. Uh, the other one that I wanted to point out, uh, I think, is uh, Kovacevic-Kachanov. I really want to see that as well, given that I think Alex will probably be able to play pressure-free right now, given that he's already broken top 100. And he also recently is like, he's grown so much as a match player and like is able to adjust tactically. He's won so many matches, just sort of slowing it down, giving the opponent, you know, a lot of slices and just waiting them out a little bit. And I think against Kachanov, especially if he's extreme forehand grip, it's obviously not super easy for him to accelerate off a lower ball. So if Kovacevic plays it pretty smart, I think he has a really good shot. And also Marozhan Serundolo, probably. Um, I, 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 I think that Fabi is a big favorite, but still seeing him as, uh, as such, I kind of have this feeling that maybe it can go wrong for him, despite Serundolo's last two performances. But you kind of also have to question like the ability of Fran to deliver if the if he'll just be rushed all the time, like whether he's even going to be able to use that huge forehand if every single shot he plays is like, you know, behind this, is off his timing. So uh, I don't know. But uh, these are basically the ones that I enjoy the most, I think, from yeah. tomorrow's lineup. Not to say that there won't be any more closer matches, like Fritz Gaston, if Fritz is still injured. We mentioned Musetti Vanash. We mentioned, um, um, I, I guess we didn't mention it, but Corda Alice. I think that that projects to be really close. Even some of the top seed battles, they can go... Yes, yeah, exactly. For now, yeah. For now, these yeah, are the ones if, that I'm like most excited about. You know, uh, I don't think that Djokovic will risk that much, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think that this is the kind of matchup he struggles with the most. Uh, so I think that he should be, you know, uh, should be a safe match for him, in my view. You know, if Eubanks uh, brings a good level, Rublev's been a bit shaky against Sabot Wilt. Um, Tsitsipas still still trying to understand, you know, what is his his current level, both you know from his tennis and talking about his his fitness. So um, maybe Thompson can can challenge challenge him and show, uh, you know, show us what is uh, current Tsitsipas level for for this Australian Open. Mm. O'Connor Shelton can be. Can can turn into into a close one if Shelton doesn't play at you know at his one hundred percent. So yeah, basically you know we just said that every match can be close. Yeah, but you you is actually the one that like I would, that, you know, that I had uh, in mind. Yeah, Ubox is actually the one that I had in mind. I I, I generally you guys know um, you guys in the chat probably know that I am not a believer in Chris Ubox's game this year on the ATP tour. I think his win rate probably for the most part will be definitely on the negative side. But uh, if anything, like here, I actually kind of like it. Uh, he has that ridiculous all power, no spin forehand, which seems to be working with the courts and the balls pretty well. And uh, yeah, he kind of lost, well, Rublev kind of lost two sets to a similar type of player, I suppose. Although, of course, Sabovic is very different and having um, a weaker serve, but a more spinny, heavy forehand. I don't know. I, I guess if just Eubanks finds an absolute peak. Yeah, even if it was laughable, was really laughable when when Sabot Wild had to save these match points in the fifth set, he just started blasting the second serve at, you know, 180. <laughs> yeah. Another one went 195. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I would say left. Chris kind of has to channel his Thiago Sabovild vibes. Yeah, like play the forehand like pretty pretty similar as Thiago. Just absolutely clump it, and and maybe it, it's gonna work out. And yeah, Djokovic Popperin, I very much second what you said. Um, like um, Prismich made him work so hard. Prismich made, yeah, exactly. made him have that physical dip. But despite the Popperin weaponry, this is actually a matchup that Djokovic will find himself much more comfortable in. And I, I'm not saying Alexei can take a set. Like it's very possible. It's just yeah. that when he's when Djokovic is playing a match with against someone with no backhand and just someone who throws a lot of linear power at you, it's probably not the best recipe to. Yeah, you know, I am I am in my mind something like the Djokovic Fritz, Fritz matchup. Um, yeah, it is similar. It is similar. Maybe Fritz is a little more. It's it's, it's sharper on the backhand side. But yeah. yeah, like all these Rublev, Fritz, Fritz, Popperin matchups, they seem to be Tsitsipas even. They seem to be pretty close to each other in like how Novak will approach them and how he will play them. And 
And yeah, he's barely losing to these guys. Of course, Rublev, he's never lost to. Tsitsipas, uh, he lost to just twice, but years ago. And and um, Fritz, I guess he's also never lost to, right? So yeah, um, it, it, it does tell you something about how this one potentially will go. Even if Popperin snatches a set with like some peak play, it's pretty hard for, to imagine him winning free. And uh, yeah, I guess that's going to be it then. Uh, we've uh, yeah, yeah, done yeah. Uh, the last ball drops, which of course happened just before the last ball dropped, but by now the last ball has indeed dropped. Also tomorrow, I think we have, or actually no, even today we had some uh, doubles, right? So tomorrow there's even uh, yes. there's even more uh, doubles coming up and uh, the tournament enters its second round stage in the singles, but of course still in the first round in doubles. Uh, so yeah. I guess we'll see you guys on some watch-alongs and whatever. You can probably expect another last ball drops tomorrow as well, whoever will be doing that. Um, thank you to Jane and Nurlan in the chat. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.